0: Welcome to Second Act Reinvention, a Sochcast original with me, Archana Dutta. This is a podcast about women who have discovered their potential, pivoted in their careers or found a new way to express themselves professionally at what is traditionally thought as a later stage in their life. I truly believe that there is no set timeline to your trajectory and through this series and the amazing women I interview, I will prove to you that your second act, your reinvention is still possible. Even if the societal standards, it is quote-unquote too late. Welcome to yet another beautiful podcast with Suparna Yamuna Chopra, as she calls it, and Yamuna is her middle name. And this is a Sochcast reinvention series. In this series, we are trying to get women who have actually broken all barriers and reinvented themselves not once but many, many times. So I'm very, very pleased to welcome a very beautiful soul here because she's been working on her mind-body-soul, coming out of an advertising agency for many years. Let's hear her. So welcome, Suparna. Welcome to Sochka series of Reinvention Second Act.
1: Thank you very much, firstly, for having me in this uh, really beautiful I would say a soulful space. It's really, really beautiful and I can feel good vibes over here. Ah,
0: thank so you. <laughs> thanks
1: for that. And also, uh, I think I feel very privileged to be a part of this inspiring sisterhood that you are creating. And it's wonderful because I think as women, we need to really lift other women up and, and inspire them in, it doesn't have to be big ways, but in small ways also. So thank you for having me part of that sisterhood. It's beautiful. Thank you.
0: But now I know what you mean because... Uh, Till the time I did not start this work, I was very corporate. And you know, of course, not to explain what corporate life is, we are so process-driven. It's somewhere we don't connect heart-to-heart, right? We are doing our work, we are doing it beautifully, but we come back. So after 19 years of your corporate life and being in advertising, uh, of course, it's a creative field. But still, I would still say it's very process-driven work. Why did you choose to be who you are today? And now what do you do?
1: Okay, so let me just uh, take you through a little bit, uh, you know, into my journey uh, that uh, I worked in one of the largest multinational advertising agencies. It was wonderful. I got to you know, work on some, some of the best brands uh, in India. So it was wonderful for most part. But I think um, towards the end, maybe the last couple of years, I was just dragging myself you know there was this uh, I mean I had everything I had you know the position the power the perks you know I was traveling the world so really like on the surface just a wonderful life (laughs) but yet uh, I think I experienced a certain amount of emptiness uh, and uh, you know an aching feeling that there is there's more to life than you know this it's all very glitzy but behind the glitz it was also very murky Mm -hmm. and a lot of stress and a lot of Sometimes negativity, because in advertising, we're working with deadlines, so people kind of sometimes, you know, lose it, and they're sort of sure. afraid, uh, tempers, etc. So it was sometimes toxic also, but for most part, I would say I enjoyed it, uh, but then I had to listen to my own sort of the, what what do I say, the yearning of my own soul, uh, I had to be honest and true to that. So I think it took me two years uh, to really sort of, it wasn't an easy decision, because uh, uh, I was at a very, fairly senior position. Mm-hmm. I was a associate vice president, so which meant there was a lot of you know comforts and money and all the perks involved mm-hmm. and It was difficult because my husband is self employed so th- this was one regular income so that was a that sort of took me a little while
0: yeah.
1: uh so it wasn 't an easy decision but uh, i don 't think i 've ever looked back uh you know ever. And uh, so finally, I think I mustered the courage to hang my corporate boots and, and I had no idea what I'd be doing. So it's not that I had something planned out for me or something, you know, a plan waiting for me to execute. None of that. So it was um, scary as hell. It was scary, I have to confess, but uh, deep down, you know, beyond, beneath the fear, uh, I also had uh, Although, I was not really spiritually inclined twenty years back, you know the way I am right now. Sure, I know. But uh, yet, you know, somewhere there was this abiding faith that uh, I will be taken care of. You know that the wow. universe that the universe uh, has my back, uh, and I'll be fine. So I think I just went uh, with that faith. Uh, people thought it was a very reckless move, and I was putting my family in. In jeopardy you know because suddenly like one whole income goes and I had two small kids growing up and going to fancy schools and you know, a lot of commitments sure but I knew that if I don't do it now uh, I'll be you know I'll be sort of uh, I'll be miserable so I took the plunge and um, with the faith that uh, you know there is somebody out very, there very uh, who's uh, looking after me and who has my back So I think that's something which has really held me in good stead, the fact that I keep telling myself every day that the universe has my back. Whenever (laughs) I feel fearful or anxious or I'm overwhelmed or I don't have a solution to something, uh, I just say that to myself and I come to a nice peaceful place within me and guess what, you know, the the universe (laughs) does have my back. I always find the right solutions. Very nice. Yeah.
0: Are you comfortable then talking about it?
1: About? About no money in the beginning and all that? Yeah, I mean, I I can. um, I don't have an issue. The idea has to be real, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: So Parna, I hear you and I'm going through the same phase. Um, There is a point in everybody's life. I have interviewed more than 130 people today. And not one has said I wasn't stuck at the place that I was. And very few people really take that plunge to say, okay, I need to do something more purpose-led. I need to find my soul in my work. And that's what I'm going to do. Money or no money in the beginning, but I'm going to give all out. Sure. Uh, It's a very tough phase because we all are so pampered in our corporate life Mm -hmm. and there's so much money there that suddenly when the monthly thing stops Mm -hmm. and um, I went through the same thing as well then you have so many times to think, okay, should I go back? Should I really go back? And believe you me, it's a very tough call to keep taking every month to say because there is money to be spent on yourself, on the new things that you're doing to learn and, you know, equip yourself. Tell me a little bit about that phase.
1: Okay, so um, I think you raised a very, very very relevant uh, point and I think it's called... uh, there's a name to it, which is coming to me. It's called the golden handcuff. Mm. Okay? Of course. So I think all of us get tied down to that golden handcuff. Uh, yes. And it's up to you and, you know, your courage and your belief in yourself to break free from that golden mm. handcuff. Most people don't because it's too scary. It is really, it is scary. There's no denying that, you know. Uh, but at some level, you have to just uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's why I think where people like you and me broke out of the bondage of the golden handcuff and I, I feel very liberated yes. because that can really pull you down and bog you down and you stay stuck you're miserable you keep complaining but yet you know there's no way out coming to the you know your other uh, thing about uh, you know the whole financial insecurity I went through it big time um, since my husband is self-employed and he's a software consultant so just when I quit my job, next six months there was a slump in the industry and all his projects got completely oh, like, they got jammed. So that was the ultimate test I was put through that do you have it in you, you know, so, and, and there were moments of guilt that have I had done, I'm putting everybody through this. There were moments of doubt, uh, of whether it was the right decision. So there was a mm. lot of second guessing. But I think I survived those, that difficult phase because I knew, I mean, again, it's that trust. That I'll be taken care of. I won't be on the road, So, and I think you know, God or universe, whatever you call it, has uh, has taken care of me. And you know, I just feel very abundant. I may not have as much money as I had when I was you know in that fancy job, but I feel far more abundant now uh, than I ever did then. You know, so yeah. I know that
0: I have attended your um, masterclass on law mm-hmm. of attraction and a lot of Louise Hay work that you do. Uh, I know that something nudges
1: you to take this path. What was your nudge? Okay, so this nudge is something which, uh, you know, I coined this phrase for myself that I went through this period of what I call divine discontent. Okay, so you call it nudge, you call it that divine discontent that you know that everything is fine, but there is something more to life than, you know, than this. Okay, so and that comes from within. It's not a logical thing. And I think I went through that period of what I call divine discontent, and I think it was uh, a very sacred phase in my life because through that period of discontent, you know, I knew at the end of it there was something, yeah. uh, you know, a bigger purpose coming, there, out. coming out. So, therefore, I call it discontent and divine because it was by, at the end of it there was something. You know, soul nourishing uh, some more meaning, some more purpose in life, which was waiting for me. But you just have to be uh, really patient and trusting uh, and not sort of, yeah. uh, you know, start sort of panicking. It's easy to panic, of course. There are, course. you know, we have all our responsibilities towards family, children, you know, the, we have to put food on the table. But having said that, we also have to nourish our soul somewhere. So, yeah.
0: So, talk about. Yeah. How did you start? And also, what all did you do in the process?
1: Okay. So, like I said, um, I had no plan. So, it was really a reckless thing, you know, from anybody watching me to do. Uh, but yet, um, you know, I had this, for all along, I've had this uh, natural inclination towards well-being. And when I say well-being, I'm talking about not just physical well-being. That's only one aspect. Yes. But uh, more than more important than that, the mental and and emotional and spiritual well-being and they're all connected because ultimately whatever is happening in your body also if there is some disease or some condition in your body it's linked to your mental and your emotional you know what's happening over there the weather over there if I can say so it's all linked you know you can't look at your physical health apart from your Mm -hmm. mental what's happening your mental patterns your beliefs your conditioning Mm -hmm. all of that so it's all like one body Um, so I was always interested in that even through my corporate years, I was doing a lot of that reading, you know, whether it was affirmations, I read a lot of Louise, much before I even started teaching the work. Mm. Um, So there was this natural interest, you know, I was always uh, uh, drawn towards physical fitness, so I had never done yoga before, but when I quit my job, uh, I was physically fit, I was doing, I was running, I was doing lots of those, if I can say, more hardcore, aggressive things, keeping... You know, in my, in my corporate things, it was all about, you know, performance-based. So, and in yoga, I always thought that, oh my God, it's so boring. You know, people are just lying around and doing nothing. And for me, at that stage, 20 years back, just lying and doing nothing was unacceptable because that's the way we condition in the corporate world. That you've got to keep doing, you have to keep running mindlessly, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, so, therefore, okay, so let me just come back as to how this journey began. I had nothing. I had no canvas, And I created literally that, I, I painted on that canvas and it's like, you know, I always believed that, you know, life or God or universe, a lot of people are not comfortable with saying God. And I was one of those people 20 years back. I would never say God because I thought there was something weird about that, you know, but I was more comfortable saying universe. And a lot of people still in the more sort of rational space would say those kind of things. But I knew that life had a plan, or God had a plan for me, and I just had to be a little um, defenseless and vulnerable and be guided by that. So I was open. So just to, t- to tell you that at that stage, you know, there's always a, a a kind of turning point, a defining moment in your life, which changes the you know the trajectory of your life, and that's what happened to me. Sometimes it's good, and mostly it's something. Uh, you know, sort of life-altering, if I can say that. And for me, it was uh, about that time when I left. It was the death of my mother, who had been uh, a single parent for most of my growing-up years because I lost my father at age five. So she was like mother, father, everything put together, and a wonderful parent. You know, she sort of doubled up, wow. and she went very suddenly. So there was, mm-hmm. like, you know, like you, sometimes you, you know, you you have not time to prepare for you know somebody yeah. so close who's like your anchor. and that's what happened Uh, and it was really sudden and it completely you know rocked my world and my life and uh, and the timing was such that everything all this happened together and uh, so I was grieving a lot and I just wanted to be in a quiet place and without people telling me you know people are well-meaning you know they they will comfort you but that is not very comfortable com- comforting mm-hmm. at that time if you know what i mean you know they'll tell you to be strong i mean you know when yeah. somebody is grieving be strong is a very um, it's very superficial and flaky you know mm-hmm. and so therefore and of course like i said they're coming from a good space but all that was not helping and i just wanted to get away and grieve on my own terms without people defining what grief looks like mm-hmm. you know and how long you should grieve i feel there's no Expiration or how easy it is to say oh yeah. just now yes. yeah. take yeah. charge yeah. of yourself yeah. and get get over it you, get know, over you, don't, it. you don't get over it, losses and it's okay because grief also is I feel it's uh, another expression of love there's nothing wrong in it it's not negative at all it's beautiful you know the way you manage it yeah, sure. so that's what happened and I needed to just get away and so I checked it into an ashram mm-hmm. you know I had no idea this was in some remote place in Kerala international ashram which was a yoga oh. uh, teacher's training kind of a lot of teacher's training courses used to happen there and I just went there not with the intention of becoming a yoga teacher but just with the intention mm-hmm. of being on my own uh, with nobody I knew like I was really anonymous so that I could process my own grief on my own time and it was a 45 day wow. program and I did not go with the intention of teaching just so that I could sit quietly maybe learn how to meditate just be in my own you know just sort of Mm. reconnect with myself and be okay with my grief and and that uh, those 45 days were magical because i think by the end of it i just felt um, you know it was life transforming if i can say that that Mm. whole experience it was really profound and at the end of it i really wanted to share a piece of what i had learned and how it had benefited me with other people so although I didn't go with the intention, but then after that, I came back and I really wanted to share, hmm.
0: uh,
1: you know, the wisdom of yoga with other people, because it had really sort of made a huge shift in my own life. So that's how my journey started. Again, there was no plan, you know. That's what I'm saying. So sometimes, not sometimes, uh, I believe now uh, that, uh, you know, there is uh, there's a divine plan for me. There is, God has a plan for each one of us, you, me. But sometimes we have our logical mind so true. which comes in the way, uh, mm-hmm. our logical crazy mind which is telling us, you know, what are you doing? Are you crazy, you know? And, uh, and that comes in the way of us executing that plan which is there for us. We are just executing it. We are instruments, Sorry. you know. So, uh, and I think I've led my life that way. I don't have a plan. If you ask me today, what is my plan? You know, there's a very typical question in the corporate world that, okay, where do you see yourself? <laughs> five years, ten years, I, I will never answer that question ever again, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't know. What we have is now. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And also, I'll do whatever God has in plan for me, you know, because there is a plan, I will execute it, you know. So that's that's it. So that's the way I function. So anyway, that was the beginning of my spiritual journey, the Yoga teachers Training course. And after that, I think I just trusted, I surrendered. Uh, and I think grief leaves you a little... It keeps your heart a little open, you know, mm. and therefore, because my heart was open, um, I was okay with anything coming my way without getting my intellectual mind into why am I doing this? you know, is this a good decision? I just was led, guided, right. and that led to the louise uh, like I said, I'd been following the Louise philosophy, some you know very vaguely practicing affirmation, but never really seriously, more of a. Hmm. academic thing that I'm reading this but I wasn't really putting it into practice for a long time but then during this phase I just again I stumbled upon a two day uh, very intense uh, workshop hmm. you know which uh, it's which a fairly deep two day uh, workshop it's, it's called heal your life love yourself Le- heal your life workshop and I did that with another teacher at the end of it again like it happened with yoga I said wow you know this is so simple it's so profound, Hmm. you know, that I not only want to practice this for my own self, which I was uh, in any case, but I definitely want more more and more people to benefit from it. Hmm. And this is about uh, 13, 14 years back when the Louise philosophy in India was pretty unknown. Now still uh, hardly Hmm. anybody knew. So I, I think I was one of the first few teachers who got certified in UK. I went there within six months of my doing the workshop and I came back and I've been teaching this, that work uh, for
0: 14 years l-
1: 13, 14 years 13 and a half years wow. so uh, not just teaching but I think practicing because uh, ultimately you know like um, you can't be a teacher unless you're a sure. student you know so uh, really practicing so those t- principles because it you know that's how you validate uh, any principles in your life by really living them So yeah, and I of course do well-being coaching one-on-one on on a one-on-one format. So the Do We Say workshops are group workshops and I do a lot of one-on-one coaching which is again based on uh, spiritual principles. So I would call myself more of a spiritual life coach uh, than a business or you know any of that stuff because it's all based on sound universal principles you know my coaching also great
0: so okay so lots of questions because i think (laughs) (laughs) you've given me i'll
1: take a a sip of my tea (laughs) yes by the time i'm figuring
0: out in my mind what how to uh, ask Mm -hmm. you the next one so i want to ask you one that when you came down from your corporate life um you know i can tell you that a lot of women also transition on the money bit. we start earning a lot yeah so you know we start feeling a lot secure yeah. and then suddenly money is yes. on there and we don't have this thing of asking or accepting and we think it's like, oh, I, you know, I can't do this. Mm. So I had this huge thing in front of me that, oh, I have to now take money from my husband. Yeah. <laughs> though you have invested together, yeah. but you start feeling ne- you
1: know I True. now
0: I don't know what yeah. to do did you go through it as
1: well yes <laughs> of course it was so difficult because you know I'd been working and earning since age uh, 23 24 and always independent you know traveling on my own and after that you know if I had to go for a uh, you know if I had to go for a coffee you know asking my money for a you know <laughs> I mean I know I'm being very dramatic but it was almost like that so it wasn't easy at all Uh, Having said that uh, when I decided to um, you know to take this very major step and I have to say that my husband really supported me in this decision Uh, a lot of men get really uh, they get really scared you know it's not easy and Mm -hmm. I don't blame them but he really supported me and we had this discussion saying that you know it's fine. Uh, But we will have to cut down on our, uh, you know, on our lifestyle. So that I must say that there was a bit of cutting down. It couldn't have been as lavish as it was earlier. Not so many foreign holidays and all of that. But you know something? uh, I loved the simpler lifestyle. Um, It was less complicated. It was more wholesome. Uh, And what I got in return, you know, my freedom and um, my authenticity... uh, and 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 doing meaningful soul nourishing work i think that was far more uh rich for me than the other you know little symbols of uh, affluence or whatever you know the little toys that we acquire along the way so i think net net it's 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 that so i'm like yeah
0: so tell me something if you had to tell women of today uh something from your work because now you also do so much of work Mm. with Mm. women Mm. And um, also, who've been literally thinking what to do next in their life, what are you going to tell them?
1: Okay, so um, firstly, I find that, uh, you know, like in most of my work, most of my workshops, my yoga uh, classes, and life coaching, it's quite uh, surprising that uh, 90 or 95% of people who show up are women. (laughs) <laughs> and i find it really and once in a while if a man shows up i said oh my god you know <laughs> i mean it's really rare so mm-hmm. i find that women are far more open to well-being to uh, you know if i can call it i mean i know spiritual is a very loaded kind of word but um, more open to you know any kind of spiritual finding, stuff
0: finding their soul yes okay.
1: yeah, yeah i i think so you know well, i think we're kind of uh, designed in that way maybe we're sort of you know mm. more open to all this so uh, and we're not as logical or as rational by and large as you know yeah. I'm making a generalization as men so uh, I see a lot of that uh, and I'm really, really happy that women are really coming forward and wanting to make a difference uh, in their lives um, so your question was what would I tell women who who, made, would, who would want to maybe okay. reinvent okay. Um, but don't know where to start yeah. so I can share from my own experience that like I said I've never looked back and um, I, and if money is a concern which it is it's a very valid and a very practical concern and I would not ever scoff it away it's, it's real it's important yes. okay uh, I also believe that you know when, you, when, you're, when you're following your path when you're following your truth and doing work Uh, that inspires you and doing work that is making a difference to somebody's life as in you're in subs and I I know the word service is a very big word but when you're serving from your heart and it's making a difference to somebody's life and you're loving what you're doing you know the money does take care of itself I I truly believe it I mean I'm a living example that I feel like I said I feel very abundant you know in, in life so the money will take care of it But you've got to be, you know, show up as 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 your true self and be in a space where you really want to make a difference in somebody's life. And I can't begin to tell you how, uh, you know, how rewarding and how fulfilling that is. Even if it's one person, you know, you don't have to be one big, you know, sort of big time author or whatever. But you can, in your small ways, you know, you can make a difference. Hmm. and uh, and the money does you know the universe takes care of you when you're taking care of other people uh, God takes care of you when you're doing God's work and ultimately you know you I uh, people who've had the courage to like I said liberate themselves from the golden handcuff you know we, when we've lived our truth and made a difference to people you know we've always you know that we're taken care of so like I say you do God's work and God works for you and looks after you. So that's really, that's something I truly, truly now believe in. Yeah. Right. And from Louise Hayes' work,
0: um, are there any two or three things that you would want to bring in today to say, okay, if you
1: do these three things, it will
0: bring that change in your
1: life? Okay, so, I, you know, it's, uh, it's tough because her philosophy is so rich and there's so much of it. But if I can just, uh, just maybe two things, two pillars of the Luise philosophy which which I teach and which have made a difference to not just my life but uh, people who've done this work with me. One is uh, self-love. When I talk of self-love, it's not about, you know, and self-love as a concept has been really sort of spoken Mm. about very loosely also, but I'm talking about self-love in a slightly deeper fashion. So when I t- talk about self-love and self-care, I'm not just talking about you know going to a spa and getting your nails done, which is fine also no, no judgment over there. Uh, it's not about uh, you know drinking green juice and doing yoga uh, but it's, it goes deeper than that. It's really yes. like it's about accepting yourself just the way you are mm-hmm. you know with all your kinks, all your quirks, all your flaws and uh, your imperfections completely being okay with that and from that place you know you can actually make some change Mm -hmm. when you're completely okay as you are and it's not easy because there's a lot of uh, you know negative beliefs we've grown up with a lot of conditioning which make us believe we're not okay there is something lacking you know we're not enough Mm -hmm. so a lot of that history is there so therefore it's very easy to say that that love yourself but it goes deeper and it requires a lot of work it's not that you just come to one workshop mm-hmm. and you suddenly begin to, but it's it's an ongoing process. So one is complete acceptance and approval of yourself, not waiting for others to validate you, which is really our our operating all system, yeah, well. because that's what we thrive on external validation. But really, beginning with acknowledging and praising yourself, and you don't have to be perfect yeah. to be uh, so. praising and loving yourself at all, you know. So that's one thing, and that like like I said, that's a huge of or work, or work. It's not, time. <laughs> but since you asked me, and the second thing is forgiveness. Any time we f- that is very difficult. that is very <laughs> that is a that is a, I would say a spiritual lesson of a lifetime. It has mm. been for me, and it's an ongoing thing. It's never done. It's right. like you brush your teeth every day. So it's like you know, there's every day there's something, someone or something new to forgive, and until you including oneself. A- that's the most difficult yeah that is the most difficult so that's a big big area of what i teach and anytime you know you're this is for everyone anytime you find you're getting stuck in life in any area it doesn't have to be just relationships it could be work it could be health anytime you're in a stuck situation any area a good question to ask yourself would be where am i not forgiving either somebody else or where am I not forgiving myself yeah. and if you're honest with that question that is the root cause of your being stuck let me tell you that it's nothing else I mean that's that's a big pillar of the Louise philosophy and and it's not easy like you said mm. it is bloody difficult right but yet you've got to begin somewhere yeah so these two things
0: <laughs> so this was a very heartfelt mm. conversation with Suparna and Suparna mm-hmm. is doing fantastic work like you said she is a Practitioner of yoga herself, not knowing anything about mm. yoga. She is a person who is bringing in the philosophy of love and forgiveness, and I think that are two big pieces of being ourselves, self development, and being in progress of who we are and car- constantly working on us. Um, Suparna, thank you so much for this conversation, but before you go, I just want to ask you one last thing. Yep. If
1: you had to reinvent, yet another time what is that going to be for you like I said I, I wake up every morning and I ask myself this question how may I serve mm. okay and that's and the answer comes to me so uh, I have no plans of how I'm going to reinvent myself but I know that whatever I do I want to be of service uh, making um, some meaning, meaningful contribution to somebody's life uh, you know by keeping in mind their emotional, mental, physical well-being. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. So any form, and the format may be different. Right now I'm doing these three, four things, but who knows, uh, you know, what I do next, what I feel Mm -hmm. called to do. And I believe a lot in the calling. So I definitely want to be of service. And uh, I want to just uh, be an instrument for anything that I'm guided to do and like i said i'm executing god's uh, work so who knows what he or she uh, i you know i prefer to sometimes call god as she also <laughs> uh, who knows what she has in mind for me and god is she by the way yes yeah as i totally Ab- believe absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's what i'm saying so who knows what she's asking me to do and i'm just going to be uh, uh, obedient to that so Absolutely. so one hilarious. big hug to what you do
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, really this is great because I think we need more people like you <laughs> <laughs> thank
1: you thank you so much so thank you everybody
0: <laughs> alright so so I want to ask you one that when you came down from your corporate life um, you know I can tell you that a lot of women also transition on the money bit. Mm. We start earning a lot. Yeah. So, you know, we start feeling a lot secure yeah. and then suddenly money is yes. on there. And we don't have this thing of asking or accepting and we think it's like, oh, I, you know, I can't do this. Mm. I, so I had this huge thing in front of me that, oh, I have to now take money from my husband. Yeah. <laughs> and though you have invested together, yeah. but you start feeling that you know, I True. now I don't know what yeah. to do Did you go through it as
1: well? Yes <laughs> <laughs> Of course, it was so difficult Because, you know, I'd been working and earning Since age uh, 23, 24 And always independent You know, travelling on my own And after that, you know, if I had to go for a uh, You know, if I had to go for a coffee You know, asking my money for a You know, <laughs> I mean, I know I'm being very dramatic But it was almost like that So it wasn't easy at all Uh, having said that, uh, when I decided to, um, you know, to take this very major step and I have to say that my husband really supported me in this decision, Uh, a lot of men get really, uh, they get really scared, you know, it's not easy and Mm -hmm. I don't blame them, but he really supported me and we had this discussion saying that, you know, it's fine. Uh, But we will have to cut down on our, uh, you know, on our lifestyle. So that I must say that there was a bit of cutting down. It couldn't have been as lavish as it was earlier. Not so many foreign holidays and all of that. But you know something? Um, I loved the simpler lifestyle. Um, It was less complicated. It was more wholesome. Uh, And what I got in return, you know, my freedom and um, my authenticity... um, and and, and doing meaningful, soul-nourishing work, I think that was far more uh, rich for me than the other, you know, little symbols of uh, affluence or whatever, you know, the little toys that we acquire along the way. So I think net-net, it's it's, it's that. So
0: So tell me something, if you had to tell women of today uh, something from your work, because now you also do so much of work Mm. with Mm. women, Mm. And um, also who've been literally thinking what to do next in their life. What are you going to tell them?
1: Okay, so um, firstly, I find that, uh, you know, like in most of my work, most of my workshops, my yoga uh, classes and life coaching, it's quite uh, surprising that uh, 90 or 95% of people who show up are women. (laughs) and I find it really and once in a while if a man shows up I said oh my god you know I mean it's really rare so I find that women are far more open to well-being to uh, you know if I can call it I mean I know spiritual is a very loaded kind of word but um, more open to you know any kind of spiritual stuff finding their soul yes yeah Yeah. I I think so you know I think we're kind of Mm -hmm. Uh, designed in that way maybe we're sort of you know Mm -hmm. more open to all this so uh, and we're not as logical or as rational by and large as you know making a generalization as men so uh, I see a lot of that uh, and I'm really happy that women are really coming forward and wanting to make a difference uh, in their lives Um, so your question was what would I tell women who 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 would want to Maybe okay. reinvent, okay, um, but don't know where to start. Yeah, so I can share from my own experience that, like I said, I've never looked back, and um, I, and if money is a concern, which it is, it's a very valid and a very practical concern, and I would not ever scoff it away. It's it's real. It's important. Yes. Okay, uh, I also believe that you know when you when when you're following your path, when you're following your truth, and doing work. Uh, that inspires you and doing work that is making a difference to somebody's life as in you're in subs and I, I know the word service is a very big word but when you're serving from your heart and it's making a difference to somebody's life and you're loving what you're doing you know the money does take care of it itself I, I truly believe it I mean I'm a living example that I feel like I said I feel very abundant you know in, in life so the money will take care of it But you've got to be, you know, show up as your your true self and be in a space where you really want to make a difference in somebody's life and I can't begin to tell you how, uh, you know, how rewarding and how fulfilling that is, even if it's one person, you know, you don't have to be one big, you know, sort of big time author or whatever, but you can in your small ways, you know, you can make a difference. And, and the money does, you know, the universe takes care of you. When you're taking care of other people, uh, God takes care of you when you're doing God's work. And ultimately, you know, you, I, uh, people who've had the courage to, like I said, liberate themselves from the golden handcuff. you know, we, when we've lived our truth and made a difference to people, you know, we've always, you know, that we're taken care of. So, like I say, you do God's work and God works for you and looks after you. So, that's really, that's something I truly, truly now believe in. Yeah, right.
0: And from Louis Hayes' work, um, are there any two or three things that you would want to bring in today to say, okay, if you do these three things, it will bring that change in your life?
1: Okay, so, I, you know, it's, uh, it's tough because her philosophy is so rich and there's so much of it. But if I can just, uh, just maybe two things, two pillars of the Louise philosophy which, uh, which I teach and which have made a difference to not just my life but uh, people who've done this work with me. One is uh, self-love. When I talk of self-love, it's not about, you know, and self-love as a concept has been really sort of spoken mm. about very loosely also but i'm talking it about self love in a slightly deeper fashion so when i t- talk about self love and self care i'm not just talking about you know going to a spa and getting your nails done which is fine also no no judgment over there uh, it's not about uh, you know drinking green juice and doing yoga uh, but it's it goes deeper than that it's really yes. like it's about accepting yourself just the way you are
0: mm.
1: you know with all your kinks, all your quirks, all your flaws and uh, your imperfections. Completely Mm -hmm. being okay with that and from that place, you know, you can actually make some change Mm -hmm. when you're completely okay as you are. And it's not easy because there's a lot of, um, you know, negative beliefs we've grown up with, a lot of conditioning which make us believe we're not okay. There is something lacking, you know, we're not enough. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that history is there. So therefore, it's very easy to say that, sure. that love yourself, but it goes deeper and it requires a lot of work. It's not that you just come to one workshop mm-hmm. and you suddenly begin to, but it's, it's an ongoing process. So one is complete acceptance and approval of yourself, not waiting for others to validate you, which mm-hmm. is really our, our operating system. Time. Yeah, well, because that's what we thrive on, external validation, but really beginning with acknowledging mm-hmm. and praising yourself. And you don't have to be perfect to be uh, so, praising and loving yourself at all you know so that's one thing and that, like like i said that's a huge piece of work, of work. it's not <laughs> uh, but since you asked me and the second thing is forgiveness anytime we f- that is very that difficult. is very that is a that is a, i would say a spiritual lesson of a lifetime it has mm-hmm. been for me and it's an ongoing thing it's never done it's right. like you brush your teeth every day so it's like you know there's every day there's something someone or something new to forgive and until you including oneself that's the most difficult yeah that is the most difficult so that's a big big area of what I teach and anytime you know you're this is for everyone anytime you find you're getting stuck in life in any area it doesn't have to be just relationships it could be work it could be health anytime you're in a stuck situation any area a good question to ask yourself would be where am i not forgiving either somebody else or where am i not forgiving myself yeah. and if you're honest with that question that is the root cause of your being stuck let me tell you that it's nothing else i mean that's that's a big pillar of the louise philosophy and and it's not easy like you said mm. it is bloody difficult right but yet you've got to begin somewhere yeah so these two things <laughs>
0: so this was a very mm-hmm. heartfelt conversation with Suparna Suparna mm-hmm. is doing fantastic work like she said she is a practitioner of yoga herself not knowing anything about mm-hmm. yoga she mm-hmm. is a person who is bringing in the philosophy of love and forgiveness and I think that are two big pieces of being ourselves self-development and being in progress of who we are and constantly working on us Um, Suparna thank you so much for this conversation but before you go I just want to ask you one last thing yep if you had to reinvent yet another time what is that going to be for
1: you like I said I I wake up every morning and I ask myself this question how may I serve Mm. okay and that's and the answer comes to me so uh, I have no plans of how I'm going to reinvent myself but I know that Whatever I do, I want to be of service. Uh, Making um, some meaningful contribution to somebody's life. uh, You know, by keeping in mind their emotional, mental, physical well-being. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So any form, and the format may be different. Right now I'm doing these three, four things. But who knows, uh, you know, what I do next, what I feel Mm -hmm. called to do. And I believe a lot in the calling. So I definitely want to be of service and uh, i want to just uh, be an instrument for anything that i'm guided to do and like i said i'm executing god's uh, work so who knows what he or she uh, I, you know i prefer to sometimes call god as she also <laughs> uh, who knows what she has in mind for me god and, is she by the way yes yeah ab- i totally believe absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's what i'm saying so who knows what she's asking me to do and i'm just going to be uh, obedient to that
0: so Parna, um, I'm sure in this part of your life, you have also picked on a lot of things that you did not know, and it has helped you to become the person you are. So when you go back, what are those things that you want to tell people? What can they do to bring in this joyous and the, you know, the self love yeah. that you talk about? What can we do? What are your life lessons?
1: Okay, so uh, the first thing is, and I'm really talking uh, two women over here. so. I want to say that uh, uh, to all women that uh, take care of yourself first mm-hmm. and I always think of this metaphor of a cup that you can't really serve or pour from an empty cup. So fill your own cup first um, and then there's enough to serve from the overflow. Okay? Right. And a lot of women think it's very selfish and that's the way all of us are conditioned again and for a long time even I thought it was very selfish to look after myself first but then through this work and through my journey I realized that if I'm not nourished if my cup is not full then uh, I cannot serve other people whether it's my family whether it's my children or whether it's my students my participants I have nothing to give them if my own cup is is not full so therefore uh, it's not selfish to look after yourself first I would say it's a it's in a way selfless because you're thinking of other people and how much more you can give to other people. That's one very, very key thing which I think all women need to imbibe and put into practice. Uh, And don't worry about the guilt. Um, And the second thing is that, uh, uh, you know, we all have, uh, especially people who, women who are wanting to take this plunge from what they're doing right now or where they're stuck into something else, reinvent themselves, is that, you know, we all have... uh, what's called, uh, which I call a spiritual GPS, okay? And you can call it, you can call it inner (laughs) wisdom, you can call it uh, anything, you know, anything which your heart is saying and that's what I prefer to call it spiritual GPS and we all have been, it's embedded there, right? Uh, But a lot of times our logical and our rational mind takes over. Uh, So if we just drop into our heart, you know, like I always say there's this journey from the head to the heart, it's just about 12 inches. But yet it's a very difficult journey for most people to drop from the head space, you know, the rational thinking mind to the heart space. And this is where the wisdom lies. Um, So believe in that GPS, you know, more than what your ego thinking mind is saying. So that's one thing, it's really trusting what your heart is saying. Um, And uh, um, the third thing is that uh, sure it's fearful. But uh, I would really encourage everyone that uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. And that happens. And the last thing is that you know, having uh, a certain amount of faith or trust in something. It you may not want to call it God. It could be the universe or just there is a divine force. Mm -hmm. Having that faith will help you in taking that leap into reinventing the. You know, yourself, otherwise there'll be enough pulling you back and making you fearful, fearful. So mm-hmm. really like, you know, just if I can put it, sum it up, it's like choosing faith over fear. Beautiful. so yeah.
0: I want to ask you one thing here.: Yeah. So one, you describe a lot of being spiritual or following your spiritual journey. what is spiritual? Because this question, though it comes up so many times, mm. but there's still an ambiguous definition of spiritual what's your okay. definition
1: so firstly let me cl- clarify there is always a lot of confusion uh, uh between spiritual and religious so there is spiritual and religious are two completely different things i consider myself a spiritual person but i am not a religious person mm. okay i don't believe in rituals i believe in well in my own actions speaking for themselves that you have to do good and be kind and show up you know as as a good person rather than doing all that puja part kind of thing okay so that's one thing that that distinction there's no confusion over there spirit being spiritual is really um, I would say connected with your connection with your own self if I can put it very sort of briefly and whatever it's a very big term but being connected with your own self uh, and also being connected with a higher a higher power Hmm. Okay, whatever you call that higher power is up to you. It's the same thing. The fact that there is something there, Somebody there beyond. is a force mm-hmm. uh, out there. Right. So that that is really, I think, uh, being spiritual. Okay, simply put.
0: one thing is that you started about fourteen years ago, right?
1: Mm-hmm. No, actually, I, I left corporate uh, world in uh, uh, you know almost nineteen years back. Nineteen years yeah. ago.
0: That time there were lesser coaches. Even fewer coaches in the spiritual part of the way. And uh, really few ones who were working with women. Yes. So, and now anywhere that you look around, Hmm. there are coaches (laughs) and coaches and coaches. Coming out of the woodwork. (laughs) Yeah. So, Hmm.
1: one is that... um,
0: How do you think that you stand out, one? And secondly... With so many now uh, around I don't know if whom to trust yeah, where to go Yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, I don't think there's any strategy like I uh, though, although I come from the world of advertising for I worked there <laughs> for 18-19 years but yet uh, uh, I feel that you know being authentic and being your own true self is the best promotion the best Advertising you can do for yourself no amount of fancy social media posts and uh, other stuff which we all do we have to do that you know to just be relevant uh, I do it also I'm on social media quite a bit and quite consistent and active but that's not that's not the way I'm pitching myself you know people and I and most of the work I get is through referrals so I think my uh, the way I show up with people is my best advertising because and that's how you know that's how people come back to me because I made a difference to somebody's life they felt that difference and they spoke about it so that's the best form of advertising your own work speaking for you so I don't worry too much about how will I stand out how do I position myself although that's what I did for a for a career Mm -hmm. (laughs) positioning and all of that but I really feel that and there's enough for everybody mm-hmm. I feel there's uh, it's an abundant universe there's enough for you there's enough for me and so many other coaches mm-hmm. and uh, I personally don't feel the need to try too hard to stand out I just feel that my own work will speak for, for me and uh, nice. so that's that, that's really it so yeah very nice mm-hmm. um, I think a few more questions which I
0: want to ask you is one that what are your own limiting beliefs that you have disrupted
1: or kind of broken <laughs> to reach where you are that that's a that's a wonderful question so uh, like I mentioned earlier that um, this when we talk about self-love that uh, I think most of us I can say uh, I, w- I can say 99% of the people who I have uh, taught and done workshops with and my participants I think there's not a single person who didn't grow up with this belief that I am not good enough. Not a single person, not a single. okay? And so, so I, call, I call it the mother of all limiting beliefs. And I think each one of us, the degree may be different, but mm-hmm. we have been undermined, we have been invalidated, so we have been judged, mm-hmm. we have been criticized. So I think, you know, once, like I said, it's the mother of limiting beliefs. If we can fix that one, then everything else so gets fixed. And it's not an easy one. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much of past conditioning which yeah. Which which is a I barrier. don't from
0: where it comes and where does it start?
1: I'll right? tell you where it comes. Uh, uh, it comes from, you know, when we're very little kids, say age 5, 6, and this is, this is true in the area of coaching, therapy. Work, yes. At an early age, uh, these are little programs which are fed into us and not fed in, in terms of deliberately, but a lot of uh, negative messaging which comes growing up at a very early age. It could be from teachers it could be from parents, unfortunately, uh, yeah, our parents, you know, they were well-meaning, they had our best interests in mind, so I'm not over here bashing parents, but they also did what, they were also coming from, a, you know, from their own understanding, their own awareness, and if they didn't know how to love themselves or appreciate themselves, how could they teach us that? So there's a lot of criticism in some families, you know, there's a lot of totally. criticism, scolding, judging, uh, comparing, you know, comparison is awful, you know, and it yeah. really kills the spirit of a child when you are constantly compared with a sibling or a classmate. So it's all negative messages which are coming from older people, people in authority, yeah. and they, and as a little child, we just absorb that as our truth. And we live our, and some people live their whole lifetime with those beliefs because they, yeah. you know, they can't understand where why they're stuck Absolutely. so it's really acknowledging that okay this happened but yet i don't have to live with this program it's like a program in my subconscious mind okay which has been ingrained from a very early age first is an, an awareness that okay i grew up with this it was nobody's fault i'm not blaming anybody mm-hmm. they did the best they could but yet now even as an adult mm-hmm. uh, i have the choice to To come out of that uh, that belief, and there are many ways of Mm. of uh, dissolving that limiting Mm. belief. I'm not good enough. It could be affirmations, it could be guided meditations, it could be visualization. There are lots of techniques in in my armory, uh, which uh, and again, it's not like a just saying one affirmation that oh, I love myself or I'm good enough just the way I am. It it doesn't do it. It's Mm. it's constant work. It's like a daily practice. Because it's a belief which has been sitting there for many years. It's going to take some time for us to dissolve it and some work. So yeah. yeah.
0: So in second act, I um, do a lot of retreats, mm. and um, the retreats when we do it, of course, are on a lot of reflection, knowing oneself mm. first, yeah. because where we are and we, we we are at a stage and point and why we are here. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of mm. things make us who we mm. are. So there's something called midlife liberation retreat well, I'm doing and um, lovely. yeah and but I feel that in midlife mm. and that's why I'm doing it now as a part mm. of the series is when people start questioning the whole mm. you know the whole periphery of who we are mm. or sure. you know the whole conditioning bit do you also feel a lot of people who come to you for
1: solutions are people in the midlife Yeah, absolutely. Are the younger ones also coming now? The younger ones, you know, like we've been through that age ourselves in our, you know, uh, thirties or even early forties. We were too busy building careers and, Mm. you know, doing stuff that, you know, a lot of these are not, I mean, it may come up, but it's not so relevant because we are in a different phase of life. Mm. You know, we're married, we've got children to raise, uh, careers to handle. So... The concerns are uh, very different, but later, mm. I think at this age is really when a lot of the responsibilities in terms of raising mm. kids mm. have gone. This is a time you know where there is, if I can call a reawakening yeah. uh, a renaissance uh, and uh, and i 'm happy for that you know, so yeah. I, I think it's more i would say mid 40s onwards yeah. when you know these uh, uh, these soul searching questions come to us, and yeah. we 've got to be brave enough to. To, you know to face them and and, and to firstly
0: face ourselves i ah, feel yes, that's yes. the most fearful yeah, part yeah of yeah yeah so i will be very happy if you can be
1: a part of that retreat oh, lovely. <laughs> it would be it would be my my privilege and my mm. honor thank you so much mm. and
0: um, i want to ask for the benefit of everybody yes. if somebody has to contact you or find you yeah. or take uh, coaching
1: from you where do you so I am so like I said though I, I don't like to sort of uh, promote myself big time but being a self employed coach uh, I've just got to do it so I'm there uh, on uh, all social media I have an insta handle okay. so I will place it we'll, we can put the link yes. uh, over there um, I have a website you can get me through that I have a, uh, a Facebook uh, business page and a personal page so there are many ways you can get to me so, so, super.
0: Thank, yeah. so, thank you again for being who you are. Mm. Thank you, to, Archana. <laughs> thank you.
1: It you was really doing. lovely having this chat. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so mm. much.
0: This has been Second Act Reinvention, a Sochcast original with me, Archana Dutta. This episode was edited by Bharata Roda, produced by Kiran Vatwani, and shot at our very own Second Act Studios. We have loved putting this content together, this show together for you listeners and would love to be in touch. Find me or Sochcast on social media and do share your thoughts. I'll be back soon with yet another amazing story with another amazing woman who has reinvented herself. Till then, remember, it's never too late for your second act. And thanks for listening.